And welcome back to Hobbits at Heart. We are so excited to have you all back listening with us today. Um, For those of you that this is your first time listening, Lindsay and I have been going through all of the Lord of the Rings movies and just like analyzing them, sharing our feedback and what we thought about them as a new Lord of the Rings fan myself and as a very experienced Lord of the Rings fan in Lindsay. So We've already finished all of the films. Last week was our final, I think it was the seventh episode of Return (laughs) of the King, Um, but we're switching it up and we're doing something a little bit different today and we're really excited to share it with you. Yeah, we have a special guest with us today. His name's Jordan. Uh, He runs the One Ring BTS Instagram account, which is a really great account. Should go give it a follow if you don't already. And also Multiverse Media on YouTube, which um, has like a documentary about how the Lord of the Rings films were made. So we thought it'd be fun to have Jordan on and talk about some behind the scenes uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. So thanks for being here, Jordan. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to uh, talking Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it was so nice. Uh, Jordan reached out to us on Instagram and said that, you know, he would like to be a guest on the show, which was just the show, (laughs) the (laughs) podcast, uh, which was just really exciting for us because so far it's been, you know, really close friends and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, um, because I came across, I think you might have commented on one of my pictures or something and I pressed Mm -hmm. on your guys' page. And yeah, I just thought you guys look like you're having such a fun time on here. So I was like, <laughs> if I can shine a light on this podcast, then yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's so nice of you. We appreciate the support for sure. Because this has just been, you know, kind of a fun side passion project for us. So it's really nice to hear that people are enjoying it and want to help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, because I was worried when I started like dipping my toe into the middle, into middle earth and stuff that people would be like, you know, purists about the books and, and everything. And I was really mm-hmm. scared. So when I saw your guys's podcast, like you guys were like me, just fans, just wanting to talk <laughs> about it, have a good time. So yeah, you know, that was just, yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. There are some other um, podcasts out there and other content out there where it feels like, oh, they're experts. Like they know everything. They're going to read us to filth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It can be intimidating because it's like, well, we don't know everything. You know, I've forgotten a lot of the books and a lot of the behind the scenes, but yeah, Yeah. we're just fans. (laughs) Jordan, how did you originally like get into Lord of the Rings in the first place? Yeah, it's funny to me because- I don't remember life before Lord of the Rings. So it like, sounds really weird to say, but um, like I, obviously I got into the movies first. Uh, I think my dad got got was just a, a fan, and being a young, probably I think I was six when the Return of the King came out, and uh, that was the one of the first films I must I think I ever saw, and my my mind was just blown. And a- ever since then. Um, Lord of the Rings has had like such a big influence on my life. And I think that it's kind of shaped how I see cinema, the standard that I hold films to and stuff like that. Yeah. So probably around uh, 2003, I saw Return of the King for the first time. And after that, 
my life was changed forever, I think. That's so great. I love that. Especially as someone who watched Lord of the Rings from really young, I was a little bit older, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it really does. I feel like when they, when it catches you that young, it really is such a huge piece of your life, you know? Yeah. I remember one of the first, my earliest memories of of Lord of the Rings is uh, Legolas uh, and the Battle of Pelennor Fields and the Elephant. Yes. That's like ingrained into my brain forever. (laughs) So iconic. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so did you see, you saw Return of the King before you saw the other two films? No, I think I must have seen uh, the other ones before, surely. Oh, okay. but, um, just, I think just the Return of the King is is just ingrained into my brain. I think I've, I must have seen it the most. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like one of my earliest memories of, of cinema. Aw, that's a great early memory. Were you yeah. scared at all? Because I mean, I was a really sensitive kid, so... <laughs> I was 11 and I was a little bit scared <laughs> watching these movies. Yeah, the um, the op- one of the opening scenes in Return of the King is when the orcs uh, take Osculioth, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> uh, Morgoth used to scare me. Oh, yeah. The cat-looking orc guy. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. He used to scare <laughs> me, but uh, <laughs> I think I was okay for the most part, yeah. That's good. I would have definitely been scared, I think, if I watched these as a kid. (laughs) Uh, But I will say, like, we've talked about this too in other episodes. The movies are still making an impact on me, even though I've just watched them for the first and second times. But I do kind of feel like I've missed out on, like, how it could have shaped me as a kid, Mm -hmm. having those different role models and different characters. And even just, like, those types of films, like, they are really amazing films for the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so cool because I don't know nowadays I don't know if we see films uh, that because Lord of the Rings like changed cinema forever and I can't remember the last movie that I saw that I was like wow the game's changed now do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like yeah um, maybe the Avengers films maybe but um, apart from that like I can't remember the last time I, I saw a film that that really struck me the way Lord of the Rings did yeah something about Lord of the Rings it's just they're such big, sweeping, epic movies. I feel like, you know, when you do start diving into the behind behind the scenes and learning how it was made, and we talk about this a lot, just how much passion they put into it. And then also, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, wasn't the motion capture with Smeagol, that was like the first time that was ever done, right? Yeah, so I think um, they kind of, they did it with Jar Jar Binks in Star Wars. Mm, but okay. like oh. um that was like one of the early characters and then peter jackson and andy circus kind of took it to the to the next level on top right. of that so yeah yeah it was i think they, they were both similar because obviously they shot them in the 90s and phantom mm-hmm. menace came out in 99 i think so yeah and they were kind of like neck and neck pretty much oh it looks so good i did not realize that was the first time or a second or whatever yeah yeah what that's crazy yeah, yeah. i I remember it was a really big deal, like learning about how they did all of that. It was just like, whoa, is this going to be the future of filmmaking? Which it kind of is. I mean, um, the Return of the Planet of the Apes and like all of these other movies have been done that way now. And also video games too. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because I think when, if you watch uh, the behind the scenes and stuff, Peter Jackson's literally talking to one of the... um, a special effects artist and they're just like we have no idea how this is gonna look so let's just hope <laughs> that this looks good <laughs> oh that's funny yeah, yeah. 
Jordan, did you uh, read the books at all or were you mostly into the movies? Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell this story and this could uh, <laughs> destroy the whole show here. But um, so uh, when I was a lot younger, I um, attempted to read The Fellowship of the Ring. And this is when my attention span was uh, not very, not very good. And um, so they were having a party and they were describing the breads and, you know, everything <laughs> that was going on around in the world. Yeah. And, uh, like okay so they were leaving and they're like okay come back for another party and I just closed the book I was like no I can't do it this is <laughs> taking so long they haven't even got anywhere yet and yeah so I understand like Tolkien was like building a world and he had to you know describe everything so he could paint the picture but I think 12 year old Jordan just wasn't ready for that yet yeah <laughs> no that's that's so fair I mean they are not easy books to get through I think even adults no can have a hard time reading them. Yeah, um, I think a uh, 28-year-old Kelsey is a little nervous still to get through them, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I feel like there's a lot of people who are fans because of the movies. You don't have to read the books to be a good, like a big Lord of the Rings fan, I don't think. They're, um, they're different works of art, aren't they? They're both, mm-hmm. um, equal. I think they're both equally as good, which is another crazy thing as well, isn't it? Like, when is the book ever as good as the movie or vice versa? Right. Yeah, and the fact that these two are both like incredible achievements is is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Every time I hear about a fantasy book being made into a movie or a TV show, I feel like TV shows can be a little bit better because they have more time to develop the world. But whenever I hear it's going to be a movie, I always get really nervous because it doesn't always translate as well. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen or read the Aragon series with like the dragons. I feel like, did that movie come out in like 2009? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I don't know why, but I feel like they made that movie simply because Aragon sounds like Aragon. Yeah. People might have thought that they were cashing in on doing a solo Aragon movie or something. Uh, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Did they not live up to each other, Lindsay? Oh my god, no! The oh. books were the, the books are really good. They're like one of my favorite fantasy series. Although I haven't read a lot of fantasy lately, so I know I'm really behind. But they're a really good book series, and the movie just did not do it justice. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there's even some that are kind of like in the middle, like even Harry Potter. Obviously, those books are extremely popular, as are the movies. But most people that read the books first prefer the books mm-hmm. because. I think the movies did a good job of creating the world, but they left out some scenes that really should have, should be in there, you know? Oh yeah. Where like, (laughs) not that I've read Lord of the Rings, but like, I do feel like it's a full story when I watch the movie and I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Even the things that people have told me, oh, in the book, it happens this way. I'm like, oh, I don't mind the way they did it in the movie. Yeah. Christopher Lee, he was a big fan of the books and he met Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says that um, quite a lot of the changes in the films are actually like improvements. So oh, knowing nice. that he was knowing that he was such a big fan and he thinks that it kind of puts it at rest in your mind and you're like, okay, I can live with that. That's fine. I know. I'm like, if Christopher Lee approves, then I feel like yeah, Peter Jackson did fine. a good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious because we all chose these uh, backgrounds, <laughs> these virtual backgrounds today. And I'm curious why you chose the one that you chose, Jordan. Oh, Minas Tirith. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, everyone talks about, you know, the Battle of Helm's Deep and the 2000s stuff. I always preferred the Battle of Pelennor Fields and I always loved the design of Minas Tirith. I think it's like the coolest castle design ever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, 
essentially that's what I just, I just love the return of the king <laughs> that's a good yeah. good choice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean i've talked about this in previous episodes where i used to think that battle of helm's deep was my favorite but in this most recent rewatch i was like i don't know pelinar fields is really epic and i love yeah love the behind the scenes section about the making of Minas Tirith. Like I just, I want to walk the streets of Minas Tirith. <laughs> oh yeah. That, Cause the spiral, like, I'm like, I want to go there. Why isn't that real? Like, like that should exist. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know totally. I wish all the sets still existed. <laughs> I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, they could have had a Weta world. <laughs> How is that not a thing? I know. Well, let's, we can make it a thing. Let's do it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm going to call uh, Richard Taylor. Yeah. I'm going to be like, dude, <laughs> I have an idea for you. <laughs> so Jordan, usually when we have a guest on, we'll ask them what or who their favorite character is. Um, so I'm curious who your favorite character is. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Um, so when I was a kid, it was definitely Aragorn because you have this big imagination when you're a kid and you, you kind of, I think you, when you watch a film, you kind of imagine yourself as the character. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I was like this badass warrior with my stick. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as I've gotten older, um, I've begun to appreciate Sam a lot more. Yeah. Because without him, I don't think that Frodo would have gotten anywhere. So uh, yeah, I think he's the true hero of the story. And so yes, Sam. Sam <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yes. A thousand percent. Lindsay and I yeah. agree with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but also, I feel like we would have like had so much fun when we were kids if we somehow knew each other in different countries. Because yeah, yeah. I also yeah. was running around with my sticks, <laughs> pretending yeah, to be yeah. Legolas's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I know that you're a huge you know, you've made this documentary about Lord of the Rings on YouTube. You have a lot of really cool behind the scenes stories. I was wondering if you have any other cool behind the scenes stories you want to share about like the making of Lord of the Rings. Yes. So um, one of the first like things I wanted to touch on was, and I think this is almost kind of inspirational in a weird way. Mm -hmm. So it was the spring of 96 and Peter was talking to his partner, Fran Walsh. And this whole idea of making a lot of the rings just started from a conversation that he had with Fran while he was in bed. <laughs> and then who would have known seven years later that they would gross, you know, 3.3 billion. He'd win an Oscar. He'd get a knighthood just off the back of these films. It, it's just crazy. Just from like that one conversation in 1996. And then obviously there was politics and stuff that went into it during, um, the making of the films but I think it just shows you know a bit of perseverance and a vision can go a long way yeah, so, yeah that was the first one I to touch on yeah yeah no I love that type of story because it shows people like you and me and Lindsay that we can we can come up with a random idea you know while we're laying in bed or on a walk or wherever that can be something that big we don't like Peter Jackson is just a normal guy who happened to think of doing this yeah, because yeah, he did zombie films before this, you know, he mm-hmm. brain dead and stuff like that. Like splatter films for like basically no money. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of this fantasy epic, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, I love that because someone was actually asking me the other day, what did Peter Jackson do before Lord of the Rings? And I was like, I think he did a bunch of just small films, like nothing super major. And I just think it's so impressive that 
he just loved filmmaking so much and he, that he even yeah. had the confidence too, to just be like, I'm going to make this epic movie and we're going to figure it out as we go along and make this like huge, great crew, this huge team behind me, you know? And, you know, I think every successful person has that story where they're like, we say yes and we figure out the final details later. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I think, um, isn't it, is it fake it until you make it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> say yes, figure out everything else later. And then, mm-hmm. you know, who knows, maybe one day we'll win Oscars. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I love that. I know. Yeah. I didn't know that. That just like makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, I love it when like a dreamer, you know, fulfill, gets to the mountaintop and fulfills their dreams. I love it so much. It's my favorite. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm like, what, what idea should I <laughs> take initiative on? <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> Well, we did have an idea about Hobbits at Heart, and now it's a thing, so. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man, definitely. I think um, you guys obviously are making great content, so I think just a bit of perseverance, and who knows what could happen. Oh, thanks, Jordan. Maybe we'll win podcast of the year. Oh, my gosh. Right (laughs) behind the the office, ladies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. (laughs) To flip the interview around for a second, is there anyone that you guys would look to interview? Is it, is it one of the Lord of the Rings cast? Oh, oh sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh I mean, gosh. who in the Lord of the Rings cast? I mean, I think for me, the top two would be Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously. And I we've I've talked about this in other episodes before. Like, I've always just kind of really wanted to meet Dominic Monaghan. I don't know why. <laughs> he just seems so cool and chill to me. Like I just want to hang out with him. I don't even want anything besides that. (laughs) He just seems really cool, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kelsey? No, honestly, I have the same answer. My first one was like, oh, a thousand percent Vigo. Like he'd be the number one that I'd want to interview. And then I think like a joint interview with um, Dominic and Billy Billy Boyd. Boyd. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be really fun I agree or just like all the hobbits together I know yeah I know Dom Billy and Elijah like hang out a lot or are all you know still in touch at least I think Mm -hmm. that would just be fun they seem like they're fun (laughs) I saw an interview with um Elijah Wood once I think it was on like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that Mm -hmm. and he was saying that um they were building him and Dom were building a Lego Millennium Falcon together (laughs) And I'm like, that's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> yeah. That so oh, that cute. is cute. <laughs> yeah. I love the, I just love knowing that they're all friends. I don't know. It, it makes me enjoy the film as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think too, like I, when I saw um, Fellowship of the Ring immediately after that, not immediately in the same day, but like the next thing I watched was behind the scenes for Fellowship. And it gave me this whole new appreciation for the films because you get to see that they're all friends and it's like this one big family doing this huge project together. And then when I saw Two Towers, I was like, oh my gosh, look at, there's the bigotures and they're using forced perspective over there. And like those actors are really close in real life or some, you know, whatever it is. And it really does just change the way that you view the movies as a whole. And it makes it just better. Yeah, yeah. I think that's genuinely why those films hold up so well because I, I don't know um, if you guys have seen like Avatar or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if they'd made that movie in 2001? It would have just <laughs> looked awful. Yeah. <laughs> right. But because The Lord of the Rings, you know, is all real stuff, like it still holds up today. 
-hmm. there is obviously some times where it's a little bit shaky but i mean avatar is like almost a full cgi movie like they couldn't have made that film any other time than when they did right so i think that adds to the greatness of lord of the rings the fact that they made that 20 years ago now and it, it still holds up absolutely sure. kelsey didn't you text me the other day you were watching the one of the um commentaries and you were like they made like thousands and thousands oh my of gosh it be <laughs> yes okay so i was watching the commentary with the designers and they had said that they made something like eighteen thousand. i don't that's off the top of my head so i'll have to fact check that but they made that many hobbit feet because there were so many hobbits that had their feet like in scenes whether it was at um like bilbo's party or just throughout all the movies the, oh i thought it was insane yeah chain mail as well they were making loads of chain mail and it was just dudes for like a year before filming started just making chain mail which is <laughs> oh yeah crazy. they show those two guys who were sitting there and like link by link by link just putting together oh i mean gosh. it wasn't actually chain mail it was like plastic but they spray painted yeah, it yeah. to look um authentic i just can't even imagine <laughs> you know yeah. i also learned that the i don't know if this is i haven't seen all the behind the scenes so i don't know if this is talked about somewhere else but the um like plant department i can't think of the actual name right now um but they got to the filming site like to the shire a year prior so they could start planting all the plants and make sure the grass looked like naturally long instead of like i don't know i was just so impressed yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's incredible that like new line were just all in on this yeah because i mean lord of the rings as a property had was untested in like the world of cinema and they're like, sure, yeah, go out to New Zealand for four years and shoot this film and, yeah. you know, make all these sets, spend all this money and, and we'll just hope that it does well, essentially. <laughs> it's crazy. Stuff like that doesn't happen anymore, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, that would actually lead into a, the next story that I have. Oh, <laughs> Perfectly. Perfect. So um, Peter Jackson and, and his team and Fran Walsh and everyone, they... Um, we're taking it around the studios in Hollywood, the Lord of the Rings, the idea of doing The Hobbit first and then two Lord of the Rings films. And they'd essentially oh. been turned down by everybody. No. Um, and they they had one meeting left with the New Line Cinema. And uh, what they did was they, they played like some incredible mind games and they were like, well, we'll call New Line and we'll tell them that we're in another meeting and we need to push the meeting back to make it seem that they were a bit more sought after than they actually were. <laughs> So oh they did gosh. this about two or three times. And then they eventually, you know, turn up at the New Line meeting and they're like, oh, sorry, we were just, everyone wants to take a look at our film. And they're like, okay, no, that's fine. So they go into the meeting. And uh, so at the time, it's The Hobbit first and then two Lord of the Rings films afterwards. And he plays like this film that they've made, you know, with all the um, practical effects that they've come up with so far on their journey. And um, the head of New Line, he watches the film and there's like just like a silence in the room and everyone's just looking at each other like really nervous because they know they've only had this one meeting but obviously <laughs> new line think that they're really sought after right so the head of the head of new line is just like ah oh, i don't get it this i don't understand so they're all like oh no this oh. is it this is the end of the lord of the rings and it turns out that he was just like this should be three films i don't understand why you're doing two yeah so um I thought that, yeah, it's just like, that's the stuff dreams are made of, man, isn't it? You, you just, 
I think everyone just wants one of those moments in their lives where yeah. you come so close to everything being over and then you're ready to go. You're going to make this epic fantasy a reality. Wow. <laughs> what a cool story. It's like when you watch movies like this, you think, oh, everything must have fallen into place and happened perfectly. Like, obviously, I know everybody works really hard, but you don't think about how many things that get in the final version that like weren't supposed to look the way that they look or that it was kind of like a fluke that they were able to, you know, get it done. Mm-hmm. So it's, I love hearing about, you know, all these behind the scenes facts and stories. And um, yeah, I mean, which is why we have you on here, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I'm glad that there, cause the behind the scenes is a lot to watch through at least like the stuff that's provided with the movies, like when you buy it. But I mm-hmm. love that you kind of take different, ideas or different stories and make them into smaller like more digestible yeah you know stories so yeah because the behind the scenes is they're just as long as the films aren't they more or less yeah. mm-hmm. so I think a lot a lot of people because that's the biggest critique I hear about Lord of the Rings like oh yeah it's just too long never watched it it's too long <laughs> so I think I was kind of taking that idea and being like well I know I love the behind the scenes and you always hear people talking about behind the scenes so I, if I could condense it then I feel like you know people would watch and quite a lot of people did so if you're watching this thank you I guess yeah (laughs) that's great yeah I actually learned some new things from your the video that you put together like I didn't know all of that about how they weren't sure if they were going to get the deal and pushing back the meetings with new line and all of that stuff I had no idea so uh yeah those videos that you put together are great they're really fun thank you yeah Mm -hmm. um it's weird, isn't it? Because like it's a no-brainer to us sitting here now that you would make three Lord of the Rings films. It's interesting that that they were like, "Well, is someone going to want to make three? It's yeah. so weird to think about, isn't it? Yeah, you would just automatically think, "Well, obviously, it's three books, three films, right? Obviously, you know." Yeah, <laughs> but going back to what we were saying before, I feel like that hadn't really been done very much. Like I think now it's really common to have really long series you know we have all the harry potter movies all of the avengers movies yeah (laughs) star wars even (laughs) yeah all the star wars but before like we didn't you didn't really have a lot of series that were that long Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and i i wonder if lord of the rings is part i think it is kind of the the series that started all of that maybe star wars yeah i I think um after lord of the rings there was just like an influx of fantasy you know, in cinema, wasn't there? You got like the Chronicles of Narnia and stuff. Oh my Harry gosh, Potter. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Harry Potter came out the same year as Fellowship, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, what was it? Uh, Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone for you guys? Yeah. <laughs> that was the same year as Fellowship of the Ring. And uh, yeah, I think after those two, obviously were so successful. Hollywood was like, do we have a, do we have a fantasy uh, <laughs> film it, that we have the rights to? Let's just put it out, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? But, you know, life doesn't work like that, does it? (laughs) You can't just put a fantasy film out and hope it's going to win an Oscar. (laughs) I know. (laughs) If only. Yeah. I've done it a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any more stories that particularly stood out to you that you wanted to share? Um, Yeah, so I was going to talk about... um, So Jackson's film before Lord of the Rings was The Frighteners. And, like, it bombed so hard like it didn't make any money oh, no. so like and um he was in a, a deal with uh, miramax which is owned by a the worst man in the world harvey weinstein mm-hmm. so like 
I, I just think it's so interesting, like this position that Jackson was in, like he was asking such a big favor of Hollywood. Like, I want you to give me like a 200 million to make three films that on a book that not everyone knows about my last film did terribly. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's just, just this, such a surreal situation to be in. And the fact that these films even got made is just mind blowing. But yeah, mm-hmm. so Miramax wanted to make one film um, oh. over the three books. Uh, and let me just scroll down here because I'll tell you some of the uh, the changes that they wanted to put in because some of them oh, are no. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, gosh. Are, uh, terrible. Okay, so <laughs> they were going to cut um, Helm's Deep entirely. <gasps> what? Uh, like one of the best scenes for a lot of people. It's their favorite. <laughs> uh, Theoden and Denethor were going to combine, like they were going to become one character. So And oh, Rohan yeah. and Gondor were going to become one place. So okay. it would be like the same place. Um, Interesting. Eowyn would replace Faramir and be Boromir's sister. Oh, that's kind of interesting, actually. <laughs> huh. Yeah. The Moria sequence was just going to be like massively shortened. So I don't know if they were going to see the Belrog or anything, or they were just going to like walk through. And that would be <laughs> the end of that. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> da, 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 done. There go. <laughs> Gandalf's just like, whew. Oh, I know. <laughs> um... Uh, Pelennor Fields uh, was going to be a lot shorter and they were playing with the idea of having Saruman show up at Pelennor Fields as well. Oh, interesting. And, uh, that was like a memo that Peter Jackson got sent to his hotel and he basically just said um, that if they'd have made that film, they're pretty much guaranteeing to disappoint every single person who'd ever read a single page of the book. Yeah, totally. Wow. Like you can't just, especially because you were saying not everyone even knew about the Lord of the Rings book. So if you're making a book on Lord of the Rings, like you can't disappoint the fans of that mm-hmm. book or else they're going to go around and tell everyone how horrible the this. movie was. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I just think that's such like a brutal way to look at like, because Peter Jackson obviously had a vision and he wanted to um, be extremely faithful to Tolkien or as faithful as he could be. Mm-hmm. And and like Harvey Weinstein and his team just so brutal, like no, just cut this. He's just he has no love for it, I guess, right? So <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. cut this, cut, make it shorter. We'll just. I think he was just looking to make a quick book, wasn't he? Which yeah, you know, it's just I'm so glad that that didn't get made. <laughs> I know. I can't imagine these movies like without the Rohirrim. I mean, the Rohirrim and all of Rohan, like that's some of my favorite you know, content in Lord of the Rings, like outside of the Shire, that's my favorite land. And they have like my favorite music. And I just, I can't even imagine that movie. It would have been so bad. <laughs> it, it, just think of how different like cinema would be as well. Cause that surely wouldn't have made any money. And they, sh- mm-hmm, you no. know, they pro. I just like, I mean, it would Frodo have destroyed the ring at the end of the film. Like, how would that have gone down? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> do you know? And like, one of one of the great things about the movies being so long, and I know that is a critique, but it's just like I feel like the payoff is so worth it absolutely. when yeah. they finally destroy the ring. I mean, and we just talked about this, Kelsey. You know, yeah. we were so <laughs> emotional at the end of Return of the King, and it's because you've been on such a long journey with them. Like you felt the length and the weight of that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, like even that sequence at the end when, you know, Sam and Frodo are on just, they're on the precipice, they're about to um, go into Mount Doom. And you're like, wow, this is like, they're finally here. 
Like mm-hmm. I remember what, before I saw Return of the King for the first time, I couldn't wait to see like Mordor and everything and, and see Frodo destroy the ring. You don't get the same payoff if it's just one film. It's just like, oh, well, we just met Frodo and now it's over. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. But I mean, it. you just wouldn't be able to get as invested in it, you know? And yeah, I kind no of way. understand why people think that they're so long. I mean, because they are long, but I think they were long for the time that they were released because nowadays you watch like a Marvel film or something, it can easily be three hours, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, I think now people are hopefully a little bit more okay with the length of the films, um, but it was definitely like a newer concept, I think, for the average moviegoer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we live in such like a Netflix world now where you just binge everything yeah. anyways. <laughs> so I think that's kind of helped, you know, because who, who hasn't sat down on a weekend and, and watched eight hours of TV? Right. Yeah. So I think it's easier yeah. to stomach nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Totally. I'm like, oh God, that's how sad, but also like, who cares? We we can, we can binge things. Yeah. yeah. What else Did do you, we have to do now? <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys when we spoke last time, but I, uh, over here in the UK, I don't know why this happened, but for a very brief moment, Fellowship of the Ring and The Return of the King were on Netflix, but The Two Towers wasn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. I don't the know why what? that happened. That's so funny. That would be was... um, really strange to go from <laughs> Fellowship straight to Return of the King. That'd be so yes. confusing. Someone's just sat at home like, oh my God, I, I've heard so much about these films. That's, I thought there was three, but I guess there's only two. Yeah. let's put them on and then you just be like wait what like did i miss something or yeah oh my god that's funny hilarious oh yeah so this is um another story that could have changed the films completely um stuart townsend was an irish actor who was um originally cast as aragon mm-hmm. oh he was he was 27 at the time and uh, they felt like they'd cast the role just a slightly too young and he was um how do I say this politely? He was a bit hard to deal with on set. Okay. Um, and he, he didn't feel like he needed to train with the rest of the cast. He didn't feel like he needed to do the boat training. And he was just going to kind of show up on the day, do the scene, and that would be it. So, um, you know, um, the sequence when uh, the hobbits are running away from the ring wraith and they hide under the tree? Mm-hmm. That was on the first day of filming. And while they were shooting that sequence, uh, Peter Jackson said to uh, Barry Osborne, we need to get rid of Stuart Townsend. It's just not going to work out. He's too young. He's kind of hard to deal with. And they just, that was it. They just got rid of him. It was, they, you know, they weren't going to mess around. They were like, well, if it's not working, let's just get this on, get the show on the road as quickly as we can. And then, uh, yeah, 12 days later, Vigo Martinson showed up and the perfect Aragorn <laughs> wow. was cast. Wow. Was there Vigo like already in consideration for that role prior to, or was it a surprise to him? So no. So they were, they were thinking they were going to go Russell Crowe. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah, so but he, um, he turned it down because he'd just done Gladiator. Oh man, thank goodness. Yeah. I then, just can't even imagine. Russell okay. Crow. Wow. wow. Yeah. I just can't picture it at all. Yeah, me neither. So then yeah, then we got we got Vigo and the world was right again. Yeah. I love the story that um it's really his son who talked him into Oh, yeah, the role because Vigo was kind of like I don't know you know it's in New Zealand like it's last minute all this stuff and his son was a fan of the books so his son was like you get to play Aragorn like 
yes, you have to do it, <laughs> yeah. uh, which yeah. I just think is so sweet. Yeah, it's it's great. Again, like the circumstances for this movie, these movies happening were so perfect. Like if certain things didn't happen, the movies wouldn't have turned out as good as they were. You know, like if Peter Jackson didn't get the opportunity to take the film to New Line, they would have been one film and it would have been terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, if Stuart Townsend <laughs> wasn't such a pain, we wouldn't have got Viggo Mortensen as Aragon. Like all these little things just, you know, and it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. If Russell Crowe, except I'm not over <laughs> the Russell Crowe as Aragorn thing. Oh <laughs> like, I'm going to be thinking yeah. about this for days now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could have had Sean Connery as Gandalf as well, though. No. Yeah, Can cool. you imagine yeah. them both in that together? Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like Sean Connery, but like Sir Ian McKellen is too perfect. Stuff. Like he, I, okay. So that's the thing too. <laughs> Sorry. This just, I, cause I was thinking like Sir Ian McKellen is Gandalf. Like you could never have anyone else play Gandalf in my opinion, but do you think they'll ever remake Lord of the Rings? Oh my God. I hope not. I know. I hope not. Like I've thought <laughs> about this a few times and I've been like, that would be like remaking star wars yeah i think they're fine to do like the tv show that they're doing or you know the hobbit and stuff i think that's fine but to redo it completely would i don't know man that's risky yeah i agree like i'm open to the idea of continuing the story in like a new way like the tv show obviously i don't know all of the story even yet but Um, They're doing that with a lot of different sagas like Star Wars and even Marvel films and kind of Harry Potter with some of the books and plays and things that have come out. Um, But I would honestly just be offended if they tried to redo Lord of the Rings, unless it's like, you know, a hundred years from now. And they're like, when I was young, there was this movie (laughs) called Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was just thinking like in our lifetime, I mean, in 40 or 50 years when we're all old (laughs) what if they were like we're gonna remake lord of the rings i think i would still be like no (laughs) and you gotta think about it this way as well though like so you usually do a remake because maybe the old the past movie that that came before it is a bit dated now and you could do it better Mm -hmm. which director is going to sign on to lord of the rings and say yeah i can do this better (laughs) than peter jackson did it right there's no way no man there's not really a lot of the film that is outdated besides some of the things that we've talked about in the past with like casting and um, uh, diversity and stuff in the cast. Mm-hmm. But besides yeah. that, like the movie stands still. I think it would be a really bad director who would think that they could do it better than Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I think any, any good directors just being like, nah, man, that's too perfect. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As it would be should. someone like Michael Bay. Yeah, I could do this. Are there any other cool stories about I love this. I did not know like how determined Peter Jackson was. Like this just makes me appreciate Peter Jackson so much more to know how much he had up against him and like uh, he still made these amazing movies. I just love it. I know. (laughs) It makes me want to go back and now watch all the behind the scenes, just like (laughs) all day long I think I think that's what I'm gonna do after I get my next vaccine because I know I'm gonna be like sick for a day so I'm just gonna (laughs) watch behind the scenes all day yes I highly recommend it the behind the scenes are very comforting to me like if I'm having a bad time I'll put on the behind the scenes because they're more 
digestible. Like if I start the series, I feel like I have to watch all three of them. You gotta go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I put on like a snippet of the behind the scenes, I can just have that on in the background or something. Mm-hmm. Cool. I've got two two casting stories here now. Great. So uh, Daniel Craig auditioned for Boromir. Oh, oh my gosh. That's interesting, <laughs> interesting. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I guess around this time, it would have been like the 90s. And over here uh, in the UK, Daniel Craig did a TV show um, called Our Friends in the North. And uh, people from Newcastle um, have this certain accent uh, about them. And he was <laughs> obviously from London and he was on this show. So for him to go from doing like this super Northern accent to just being Boromir would have been yeah. such a strange like <laughs> shift. Totally. But, uh, yeah, I, could, I couldn't imagine Daniel Craig being Boromir because he's Bond, obviously, at the minute, and mm-hmm. he hates it. So Really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know like he hated Bond. it. Really? Oh, God, it's pretty brutal what he said. Did he just not like the fame and the popularity that came with it? or? I think it's the British press. Yeah, the British media mm-hmm. are the worst, man. They will just destroy somebody's spirit and their soul. <laughs> you could go into <laughs> something with, like, good intentions, and the British media will quickly make you regret that decision. <laughs> That's a shame. That is too yeah. bad. Yeah. I cannot picture Boromir as anybody but Sean Bean. <laughs> like, I think that's yeah. the case with everybody in the movie, but specifically Sean Bean. He's perfect. Mm-hmm. That brings up a good point, actually. If you, if you had to change one member of the Fellowship, who do you reckon you could change and it probably wouldn't affect it too much? Oh, shoot. Probably Pippin, right? Oh no! I, no! <laughs> I love Billy Boyd as Pippin. Um, oh god, I don't even think I. Does it have to be the Fellowship, or can it be like an outlank? <laughs> well, I suppose you could change anybody else. I suppose, couldn't you? Uh, yeah, Galadriel's <laughs> husband. No, <laughs> I mean I could see someone else playing Elrond, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's not like a super central character. But like, if somebody said, oh, this other actor was almost cast in that, I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe I could see it. I don't think I could change anyone other than the fellow. Like, they're all so perfect. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I agree. I, that like thought, the thought of that just makes me really <laughs> unhappy. <laughs> I know. Let's end the podcast right here. No. Yeah, that's it. it. We're done. You've offended us. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, no. So yeah, here's, here's a fun one. Um. You can actually see this interview on YouTube if you search it up. Jake Gyllenhaal uh, talked about how he auditioned for Frodo. <laughs> I, so, I think I've seen bits of that interview. Yeah, so he, he basically went into the uh, the room with Peter Jackson and he didn't put on a British accent, so he was like doing his American accent. And he's, So he yeah, auditions and stuff. And then Peter Jackson essentially turned to him and said, you are the worst actor that we've seen so far. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's so harsh! <laughs> I know, brutal. Jalen Hall, man. Could you imagine him as Frodo? Oh no. He doesn't yeah. look young enough. I mean, I guess he was younger then. Yeah. But yeah. like, I feel like his oh features are really sharp compared to Frodo. Yeah, he's got like a really good chin, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jaw, chin, jaw, <laughs> lower face. Uh, that's yeah, so funny. Jalen Hall as Frodo. It's interesting because like being a Brit, um, there's a, there's only one scene where I, Elijah Wood doesn't do it for me, mm. and he's in um he's in the prancing pony and he says gaffer, uh. which by the way is something no British person has ever said before. <laughs> <laughs> we actually just talked about this scene and that moment in our last episode. Oh really? Yeah, about the word gaffer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh really? What were you guys saying? 
Well, I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> so we were yeah. talking about it. And I thought it meant like, I thought it was a term for dad, like in the Shire, but then it turns out that was just Hamfast's um, nickname, basically. So I we... think it means like, like mate, like maybe. Uh, okay. Like, but like, yeah, when he says gaffer, it always makes me cringe. I don't know why. That's, That's the only funny. moment where I'm like, oh. The moment that I always think is funny that Elijah Wood says is when um, Galadriel is asking if he wants to look into the mirror and he goes, what will I see? I, don't, <laughs> like, I just feel like the way he says that line is always so funny to me. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> what will I see? Oh, no. Yeah, that's so funny. It's just one of those moments. That reminds me of, um, you know, the if you guys, you've seen the Harry Potter films, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, so in Prisoner of Azkaban, there's a scene with Daniel Radcliffe, and it's when he finds out that Sirius Black is, he thinks Sirius Black killed his parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's a sequence. I'm going to do an impression here so for your show. Maybe <laughs> we'll have to cut this out. But he's like, oh, when he does, I'm going to be ready. When he does, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm oh gonna kill God. him. Yes. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> it's the first time Daniel Daniel Radcliffe gets to do like some real acting, <laughs> and he's just so so cringeworthy. But yeah, that's kind of what that reminded me of. My yeah. siblings and I like quote that sometimes. So I, that was just so funny because you're not alone in thinking that that yeah. scene is. You're like, whoa, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> that was like zero to 100 real quick yeah, we need levels here okay yeah yeah i can't believe that made it to the screen as well <laughs> I, know. I know it's like was that the best one that they got <laughs> i keep picturing it and i can't stop laughing now <laughs> oh, my cheeks their friend yeah yeah <laughs> i think we maybe have time for one or two more stories if there's any other that stand out to you that you want to share so this is another fun casting one Alando Bloom, he um, was actually originally a Fafaramir. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's kind of like almost like in an alternate reality. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's interesting because Legolas is like quite an intense character. So like, you know, when he delivers his lines, like he's kind of always quite serious unless yeah. he's interacting with Gimli. I don't know. I couldn't, I, like, I think Alando Bloom suits that perfectly. Like the way he delivers the lines and stuff. So I couldn't imagine him you know, doing Faramir's lines. I think David Wenham is perfect. Yeah. yeah. I, agree. I think like look-wise though, I could maybe see it in an alternate uni- universe where Legolas in my brain was already somebody else, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. it, it's hard to be like, well, then who would be Legolas if Orlando Bloom isn't? Yeah. Yeah. That mm. I can't, I can't imagine. So uh, yeah, the last story, this is really fun. And it's it's not really like relevant to anything, I guess. It's, it didn't affect like the course of the films or anything. But Ian McKellen, um, <laughs> there's a really fun interview. And he essentially thinks that he invented blogging. <laughs> uh, they, obviously, um, the internet was coming into like prominence during the times of these films. And they would send like a little blog from set basically saying, oh, okay, so it's this week of filming now. We've done this sequence. And they would kind of just give the fans like little updates and stuff. Oh, that's fun. There's an interview of him where he's like, yeah, I invented blogging. Like <laughs> me and Peter Jackson would like send little updates and yeah, we invented it. It's really funny. That's so funny. How cute. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny though, because I remember reading Ian McKellen's blog. Like oh, really? when the no movies way. came out. Yeah, I remember reading it and it was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm getting to like read a little bit about 
the movies. I mean, I was so young, so I don't really remember much about it. But now that you say that, that like jogged a memory in my mind. <laughs> it's so funny because you'd think it'd be one of the younger cast members. Like mm-hmm. Elijah Woods, like 19. He would right. know how to work the internet, but it's like one of the oldest cast members who's like, let's get on the internet. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is so oh my gosh. And that. so that all our listeners know too, Jordan has actually met Sir Ian McKellen. Oh yes. And that means that all of us are only like one degree away from Ian McKellen. So <laughs> um yeah, so I was at college at the time and um I was at a stage in my life where I was kind of really done with college and I was ready to move on to the next chapter of my life. And uh, so I was heading to college one day, just really kind of down, just like, ah, oh, man, I really don't want to be doing this. And I, I get to college and uh, they tell us that we're going to have this big assembly, and uh, but they didn't say what it was about. So I was like, oh my God, this is just, why am I here? <laughs> so we're all sat there in the assembly hall and it's taking a really long time. Like I'm, we've been in there for like 15 minutes at this point. And I'm just like, wow, this is, I'm wasting my time here. Literally. <laughs> and then like two people walk in with like this old man. And it, it, I had to double take because I didn't know who this guy was. He kind of shuffles in and my eyes just like explode out of my head. I was like, oh my God, that's Ian McKellen. And uh, yeah, he was on a TV show. And when I, I didn't need to say this though, like I'm from the North of England and like nobody ever comes up here. Like there's nothing up really in the North. So the fact that Ian McKellen, like one of the, I mean, he's been knighted, you know, like we love Ian McKellen over here in yeah. Britain. So the fact that he was yeah. came to our college was mind blowing. And he was um, on a TV show called Who Do You Think You Are? Where like they um, look back into your family's history and stuff and find out stuff that maybe you didn't know. And apparently he had family members from up the north of England. And uh, yeah, he came to kind of promote that and talk to the students about um, LGBTQ and, and talk about um, not bullying and thinking, you know, uh, about how other people might be feeling and stuff. And it was just truly inspirational. Like he stayed and answered questions even questions that weren't about like the presentation that he gave and stuff. He was just like the nicest man. At the end, I got a, I got a selfie with him and yeah, it was just the craziest experience. <laughs> that is so great. I love that. You got a selfie with the man who started blogging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He started blogging in McKellen. I think actually, um, if you type him in on Wikipedia, it doesn't say, you know, play Gandalf it's Ian McKellen the man who created blogging (laughs) also he was Gandalf (laughs) oh my gosh that's such a cool story though because it also shows like everyone well not everybody I don't want to speak for the whole world but I feel like a lot of people love him and like can't say anything bad about him so to hear like a firsthand experience of him like coming to this school and talking to students about really good wholesome things it's like oh yes like our idea of him still is true (laughs) yeah and to be fair I've not heard anything bad about any of the Lord of the Rings cast which is good yeah I don't think Mm -hmm. I think like I I think I said to you guys once as well the only real stain that the trilogy has on it is the fact that Harvey Weinstein was technically a producer Mm -hmm. right which he was kind of only a producer because he had to be right like it wasn't even he wasn't super involved right all that kind of stuff yeah yeah Yeah, politics yeah all that rubbish and you'd have to dig a little deeper to even know that Harvey Weinstein was involved anyways so yeah I didn't know until one of you had told me prior to this episode yeah but I agree it's just I mean we've said this so many times just how all of the cast are just seem like genuinely amazing people you know they Mm -hmm. all all just seem like such 
kind hearted, fun, just regular people. They don't even seem like, I mean, to me, yes, I would lose my mind if I met one of them because I'm obsessed with Lord of the Rings, but they're not even like the celebrity type, you know, they're just like living doing their own thing so well and you could see that they kind of filtered that out especially with the guy that was supposed to play Aragorn right they saw that kind Mm -hmm. of attitude and they were like not on our watch not in our movie bye yeah we gotta spend 18 months with these people like we can't deal with this guy yeah you know which is yeah it's good attitude to have because because I mean you're there for 18 months long days long shoots the last thing you need is a guy just giving it this the whole time just yeah I want this I want that yeah so I'm, I'm glad that these turned out the way that they did wow what a lovely oh i just thank you so much jordan for coming on and sharing all of your stories with us even some of them that we've heard before i'm still just like oh my gosh these are so cool so i really do appreciate bringing that different like perspective to our podcast thank you for having me on it's it's great I, i love doing stuff like this so um thank you for having me on yeah yeah this has been so fun i feel like we could talk honestly for hours and hours and hours about (laughs) the behind the scenes and the making of Lord of the Rings so we'll see uh, what comes next for our podcast but this has been so much fun and just yeah thanks for coming on with us and recording at you know like 9 p.m in England (laughs) yeah yeah um it's all good man uh thank again yeah thank you for having me on um your podcast is great I I love it so uh Thank you. Let's hope that um, we can hopefully get a couple people over to to check you guys out because you guys definitely deserve to be a lot bigger than you are currently. Thank you. you. Thanks so much. This episode, if you're listening to it um, on the podcast, you can also head over to Jordan's YouTube and check out the video footage of us recording um, in little videos that Jordan will put out. Not in one big one, but little snippets here and there. Sorry. Yeah. I think I'll post them up on the Instagram as well. Perfect. Yeah, so that's at the One Ring BTS on Instagram or Multiverse Media on YouTube. Yeah, go check it out. (laughs) Awesome. You've been listening to Hobbits at Heart. If you enjoy our podcast, please share, rate, and subscribe. And for exclusive content, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hobbits at Heart Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye.